My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here we are. I have Elise Petranzio here from The Octopus. I am so excited um, to have her. She is an OCD and mental health advocate. She has an incredible story and she has a ton of awesome merchandise. She's just really into advocacy and I'm really excited to share her story with all of you and to get, we're going to talk a lot about advocacy today. We're going to talk a lot about mental health and, you know, all about Elise and kind of where she's coming from. So Elise, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited and grateful for you coming on and sharing your story with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It'll be really a good time to go through everything and how I got here. Yeah, absolutely. So you do the honors, you'll do better than me. So just go ahead and start with a general background. You can go deep and personal if you want about your um, background personally, but I'm, I'm kind of curious how you got into all of this advocacy work. Yeah, sure. So this is like one part of my life I feel has a point A to point B to point C pattern to it. Um, my path to advocacy makes a lot of sense when I look back on it, which is nice. Um, so first of all, the first thing that led me to advocacy was the fact that I have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder myself. I had a pediatric onset. Uh, I was about nine when it became like intolerable, but I was doing compulsions by the time I was six. So that, you know, it's always been there. So I was doing that. So I've had OCD my whole life. It's like come and go, uh, gotten better, gotten worse. And then, so I had the mental illness piece already. And then I went to college and a lot of people in college have like their cause that they're really passionate about. And I didn't really have one. And I remember I was at the involvement fair and I saw a table for To Write Love on Her Arms, which is like a different nonprofit dedicated to mental illness advocacy. And they have a university chapter. So I joined that club. I went on the e-board and then after that I, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, came to one of their meetings to present. And then I ended up interning at NAMI, New Jersey. And then I started working for NAMI, New Jersey. And when I was doing that, I met someone who's familiar with the IOCDF, the International OCD Foundation. And they were telling me more about OCD specific advocacy, which I had never really thought about doing or really gotten super interested in. I also didn't know that OCD was what I had until I was 20. So I'd been treated for it, but I hadn't been labeled. So I had no idea that that's what it was. Um, and then ever since I really got involved with NAMI, I've just done a lot of different advocacy opportunities. I've worked with OCD Game Changers. 
I've even worked at the New Jersey Center for Tourette Syndrome. So OCD and Tourette Syndrome are, have a very high comorbidity rate. Um, yeah, and once I got into the advocacy, I just really never left. I, it was too meaningful. It added too much meaning to all the suffering I had gone through, and I couldn't get through my recovery without it, I don't think. Yeah, it seems like you got in with some awesome organizations. I mean, you're talking about NAMI and IOCDF and you were an intern. That's just incredible. I guess, how did that all contribute to you eventually creating this shop where you are like selling this awesome merchandise and all of that? Yeah, sure. So that actually all happened very quickly and it happened very recently during the pandemic. So I, as I began to get deeper into the OCD community, I found that there were so many catchphrases and like, af like affirmations people would use to keep them motivated for recovery. And I always, but if you look at OCD and you look for OCD merchandise on different apps, like on Etsy and different websites, it's very hard to find merch that's not stigmatizing. A lot of OCD merch is just merch that's making fun of OCD, like obsessive coffee disorder, corgi disorder, Christmas, and all these different things. So I really just wanted, I wanted to make products that were relevant to our community so that we could like keep our values in mind all the time when we're trying to live our lives. And also I wanted to do something that countered all of the negative merchandise that's already out there. So I just saw a gap and I was like, that would be fun to do. So, and that's kind of how it started. And now it's just growing very quickly, which is very exciting. Yeah. So I have so many other questions just more personally about as a therapist, I'm obviously super intrigued at like how this all um, kind of impacted your recovery and all that stuff. But I'm curious, I want our listeners to know what are some of the things that you offer in your shop? What are some of the ideas that you've had that have really taken off? Yeah. So right now uh, we have stickers. So vinyl stickers, ornaments, and shirts. And I have so many things planned for 2021 that will be super exciting. But the two main things right now are we have a few stickers that are OCD recovery oriented. Uh, they say things like embrace uncertainty, maybe, maybe not, ride the wave, different like therapy concepts. But the other part of the shop that really was its big launch was I have a whole collection dedicated to um, OCD is not obsessive Christmas disorder because around this time of year, a lot of people will start to make jokes about that. Uh, people make money off of it. Like people have trademarks on that design, like OCD obsessive Christmas disorder. And I, I just wanted one shirt that would counter that. And then I also came out with an ornament and a sticker in case a shirt was not exactly what people would be looking for. So we really do try to span OCD recovery and OCD advocacy in the shop because I think both are obviously very important. Yeah, I love that. I'm uh, the listeners can't see, but I am having this. I have this huge water bottle in front of me, <laughs> and I I have the stickers on my water bottle. They're awesome, and they last in the dishwasher, which is amazing. Um, yeah, so I love them. I obviously I have the ornament. Um, I need to uh, after this. I'm going to go and look up some more stuff, but. 
as a therapist, like I said, I'm really intrigued and obviously I'm so proud. Like obviously we didn't work together or anything, but I'm so proud that you took this really awful thing in your life that you had struggled with for an immense amount of time and you turned it into something really positive that, you know, helps other people and I'm sure has helped you and contributed positively to your own recovery. So by advocating and by you know, putting your energy and your efforts into something that you're really passionate about, which is this mental health advocacy. In what ways do you feel like that has impacted your own recovery? Like as you continue to have anxious moments or flare ups or anything like that? Yeah, I think it definitely puts the concepts in your head very solidly. I haven't been in OCD therapy lately. It's very hard to find therapist. Um, I did recently do the no CD treatment, which was great. I don't think this shop would have opened without doing treatment for OCD just because the business itself is so uncertain. It's like pretty wild that I'm even navigating it at all. But I, you can't, I don't believe in like preaching things that you don't actually do. So I don't want to make a sticker that says embrace uncertainty when really I just don't embrace those concepts in my own life and it does remind me that there's a whole community and we're in this together and if someone who has the sticker like five states away can do it in their everyday life then I can do it in my everyday life as well and just having the shop has connected me to a lot of advocates which reinforces all of those concepts also because we all push each other to work towards recovery and not let OCD run our lives. Yeah, I love that so much. And I know exactly what you're talking about because I also have a diagnosis. I had postpartum OCD and anxiety, and I feel like I've always just been a little bit of an anxious person. And I feel like becoming a therapist and doing additional work, like in my own business, and especially with the podcast, like that has taken my commitment to managing my anxiety to a whole other level. Like I feel even more committed, I feel accountable. And we all know that the best way to continue to reinforce these concepts in our everyday life is if you're teaching it, right? So teachers are kind of known as like the masters of their trade. And I I think you're exactly right. I think there is this level of accountability. Like if other people are doing it and, uh, you know, I'm telling other people to do it, I better be on my A game too. And of course, that's not always true, right? We are humans and we have our moments and we can work with that and use that to our benefit too. But I think that's awesome. I can totally appreciate how you turned this really awful thing into something where you're, you know, using it passionately and trying to connect with other people. Um, Yeah. So just talk to us about um, maybe some of the concepts that maybe some of the listeners don't know as intimately as you and I do. Things like ride the wave and sitting with the uncertainty. So reminding us again of kind of what is on some of your uh, merchandise and then giving us your interpretation of what those concepts mean in case someone maybe hasn't hasn't heard those terms before. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of my favorite things about the shop too that I always keep in mind is that in the listing, I always explain the concept because I assume anyone, I write from the perspective that anyone coming to the shop doesn't know what these concepts are. That's, and that's so awesome. I love yeah. that. And like, so you're spreading, edu- like education is a really big thing for me. And you can probably relate to this too. It's so incredibly frustrating that people out there are suffering and they don't have this information. Like you even, you had so many years go by before you knew what it was. I mean, you were in treatment, but you didn't know what it was. And that happens all the time. So 
above and beyond just providing merchandise. The fact that you're providing education is so valuable. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, so the concepts to some of the concepts that are on the merchandise, Embrace Uncertainty is obviously a huge one. Uh, that, that is a new sticker that's coming out that I'm actually looking at right now on the podcast, but. I love it. Oh, yeah. I have a sneak peek. Listeners, I'm getting a sneak peek right now. <laughs> Yeah, so Embrace Uncertainty is just about not necessarily needing to know everything that's going to happen. Um, people with OCD like to know exactly why they're thinking what they're thinking, what it means, what's going to happen because of it. And it's that cycle that keeps you trapped and just doing compulsions for hours and hours on end. The only way out is to embrace what you don't know, and that would be Embracing Uncertainty. One of my favorite stickers we have is maybe, maybe not. Uh, and that concept, just because if someone else heard the phrase, maybe, maybe not, they wouldn't think much of it. But that phrase is very important for me because it's great to substitute when you start obsessively worrying and just saying, maybe, maybe not. Because again, it leans into that uncertainty, but it gives me a phrase I can say back to the voices in my head, which is very powerful because then instead of jumping on with those voices and thinking about everything they want me to think about, I can just be like, uh, is this going to like give me food poisoning? Maybe, maybe not. And I know that's the answer. And it's just a lot more clear when I have something I can say back. So that's another one of our stickers. Um, we do have Ride the Wave is coming to another sneak peek for you here. Yay! I like that one. Yeah, no, I like it too. And I live near the beach. So the wave always has like a different meaning for me because I live on the coast. Um, I have been through DBT. I'm very passionate about DBT, even though it's not a typical OCD treatment. Uh, Ride the wave is just about like managing the urge while it's happening or whatever anxious feelings because waves eventually crash and end. They come and go. So even just remembering that it's easier to identify in the moment when you feel uncomfortable that I will eventually end. And it's better to sit with it and not do anything than to act on it because you're uncomfortable and then cause long-term effects that you won't be happy with later. Yeah, I love that. I love it so much. And they're beautifully done. I know even just in my experience, there's something that's really special about and there's something really therapeutic about being able to have an outlet for these things. And I don't know if you've always been a creative person, if you've always been an artistic person, but yeah, you kind of, I can't tell you how many times working in the OCD community, especially in residential, we, we offered art therapy, we offered experiential therapy. I cannot tell you how many people came, had never painted, had never done poetry, had never done anything, never called themselves a creative person. But when push comes to shove and you give it a try and you have all these intense things going on, these people came out and they made the most beautiful art that I've ever seen before. So it just is really inspiring. I, I always loved when someone would come to treatment, you know, they're dealing with this really awful thing. They, you know, go to art therapy or whatever, and they come out with this really awesome talent. I'm curious, do any of your, um, kind of difficulties or rituals or obsessions come up during your work or during the course of your business? I see you laughing. You're like, yep. Yeah, yeah, they really do. It's really taught me a lot about my OCD in general because I'm still learning a lot to identify compulsions that I've 
started over the years that maybe I didn't realize because they didn't fall into old themes. Um, one thing is I, I don't give into this one, but when I'm packing orders, I always have this voice and like urge in my stomach that I pack the wrong thing inside of it. And then I want to open it. And I'm like, I'm going to waste so much packaging if I keep opening all this stuff and I'm never going to get anything done. So that's one way. Cause it's like, I have to be certain that I pack the orders correctly or no one will ever come back to the business. Um, my friends will laugh when they hear this episode because when I'm writing the stickers, so a lot of my stickers have uh, calligraphy or they're handwritten and I will sit there and write the same phrase like 40 times over because it doesn't look just perfect. And my friends who have OCD, actually all of them do, we met through like different OCD groups. They're like, at least you have to stop like no more that doesn't look any different than the last one you just showed us or asking people for reassurance on the products that's another really tough one so this is a really great long-term exposure where i'm learning how to make decisions on my own and also make decisions that aren't perfect when the products come back they don't always look how i imagine so it definitely gets in the way of the work hands down but my values see me through on this one so it's helpful. It definitely reinforces everything, but there's definitely a lot of struggle on my side trying to do this sometimes. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, to be expected anytime that there's this big life transition or any kind of big change. And honestly, as you know, anything that you care about, right? So anytime that you have anything that you care about, OCD is potentially going to latch onto that. You and I have talked before personally, just like you're, you have all these ideas and you're so excited and, and you like, you can just tell that you love this stuff and you're trying to have fun with it. And so, yeah, obviously we can see how and why OCD would want to latch onto that, but it seems like you're doing a really great job of, of trying to like have that bird's eye view of what's going on. Like, I know how all these things can work. You're trying to be vigilant of any urges that are coming up, any new ways or new tricks that your OCD is trying to play on you. And you're like actively finding that space, right? The space that's in between the urge and the obsession and the choice, I think, to ritualize. And you're challenging yourself to not ask for reassurance about the product or check and reopen the packaging. Um, so it's all really, really awesome. And I think it's a testament to, uh, in my opinion, I think this is a lifelong thing. I think it's a relate, like a new relationship that you have to have with your anxiety. And as new things come up, new jobs, new relationships, new business endeavors, you're going to continually have to re-navigate your relationship with anxiety. And, but it can be done, obviously you're showing that and you're, you know, a great example of how that can be done. Thank you. Yeah, even a couple months ago, if you came to me in like March, April, May, and said, you're going to be doing this, I would have been like, no, I'm not. Like, there's no way. Because I just, I was so stuck with my OCD and picking the wrong thing to do. Like, it had to be the perfect thing. I would have been very stuck trying to do this. So even that growth is really nice to see. It's a good time. I do really like the business. It's, a, it's really fun. But even before earlier, I had a thought. I had a good idea for something in the future. And my brain was like, what if you never have another idea after that? And that was it. Like, you never have another good idea. And then the business just flops. And I just said back, I was like, well, it was nice while it lasted. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll never think of another idea again. But I'd like to still do this idea even if nothing ever comes after it. 
So it's been a very good learning experience all around too. If you or someone you know is struggling with anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder, check out NoCD. NoCD is a mobile platform where you can have effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. You'll get to do live video sessions with a licensed therapist who specializes in exposure and response prevention, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. And depending on what state you live in, you may even be able to request to work with me. They take insurance, it's available in all 50 states, and you can even get support in between your sessions from your therapist and from a community of other individuals who also have OCD. To know more, go to www.treatmyocd.com and schedule a free 15-minute phone call. Be sure to tell them that Jenna Overbaugh sent you. There's so much just in that story, the sitting with the uncertainty The I mean, I can just imagine if OCD was this person and you had said that to this person, like, well, then it was fun while it lasted. The OCD would be so upset. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. That's wonderful. Um, Yeah. It's really great to talk to you because obviously you've been in treat, you've been in treatment, you know what it's like and you have done ERP, which is exposure and response prevention. So it's not that you had just gone to talk therapy or you had tried hypnosis or any of these other things that we hear people trying sometimes or being told to try sometimes. Like you have been through it, you're legit, you know what it's like um, for the people who you're trying to help. So I think that's really, really special. Um, I'm curious, like what else, what other advice could you give to people maybe who have used these terms before, like obsessive compulsive dis- or um, obsessive Christmas disorder, or, um, you know, I'm so OCD about my makeup, you know, with the Kardashians, I'm so OCD about cleaning. What would you say, you know, to if, when you hear those things or what would be your advice to those companies who maybe are perpetuating this, um, you know, not so great messaging? Yeah, I think at the very basic level the comparison that people always miss is if it's not causing you discomfort and pain like emotional suffering that it's not OCD like the disorder the actual disorder and another thing I do which is it comes down very strongly but it does drive the message home and I try to do it in a respectful way but I compare it to some physical illnesses that if you saw like the one I always bring up is if you saw someone make a mug that was like human ice cream virus, but about HIV, it would be all over the news and everyone, everyone would flip out and that store would be canceled, like cancel culture all over that. Um, because people realize how disturbing it would be to see something like that. And I'm like, OCD is up there in terms of like, how debilitating it is with many of those diseases. I've like, I've seen articles from the World Health Organization. I've done the mental health first aid training, and they talk about where OCD ranks in how debilitating it is compared to physical and mental diseases. And it's one of the top 10. So I really do, I bring the physical health comparison because that's what shocks people when they realize how differently it's treated and how inappropriate it would be, like cancer too. You would never see anything making fun of cancer on a pillow or a shirt or anything like that. And they both, they both 
ruin people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredibly frustrating. And I like to think that it's getting better, but I don't know. Every time I say that, I see like one more coffee shop that's like obsessive coffee place or something. It's mm. like, oh my gosh, I see like there's makeup, there's nail polish. It's like, how, how, are, how are we still that far behind? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess along those lines, if someone out there is listening and they want to get more involved in this advocacy work and they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I didn't even know that that was possible. What are some other ways that maybe other people can try to help spread this message or get more involved in advocacy work? What would be your advice to those people? Yeah, I think my advice to those people, there are so many ways to get involved that aren't they, they range in the amount of hours you put in, they range in like the seriousness of the commitment. Honestly, even just sharing things on your social media can go a long way because your followers who don't have those disorders will see you explain it. If you can, like what I just gave the example of with the human ice cream virus, I posted that on Facebook a couple of years ago and people who didn't have OCD were like, you know, I saw your post and that really, hit me like it would be very inappropriate to see something like that um so i think social media is a really big tool there are a lot of great ocd advocacy accounts that you could just share from and you don't even have to make the content yourself if you don't have that kind of time or anything if you just don't want to you could reshare other people's or you could make your own if that's what you're interested in we could always take more like visual um like posts that people can share that spread the right information. There's a ton of organizations that work towards that and you could reach out to them to try to work for them. One of my favorites is OCD Game Changers. They really work hard to lift up OCD advocates specifically and help people get into advocacy, which is a little bit of a different focus than some other OCD organizations like the IOCDF who do great work with research and training therapists and things like that. But so there's a lot of different avenues to get involved, but I would say just being willing to correct people or just put the right information out into your spaces is a really good way to start. Mm -hmm. That's such a good um, recommendation. And as someone who maybe seven months ago, I literally, one of my goals was like, no limits. One of my goals was limit social media time to 10 minutes or less. Like, now that I've actually kind of gotten into social media and how to use it the right way and how to use it for good, how to use it for educational purposes, how to use it for advocacy work, I'm like all about it. Um, and yeah, I think it's totally underestimated sometimes as being a really good bridge and a really good vehicle to accessing this awesome information because you know, that's where people are. That's where people are, especially if they're struggling, right? Like they go to their phones, they mindlessly scroll Instagram and, and you know, let's say they, they just kind of land on this hashtag and they read something and then they start to follow this person and then follow more people like that. And I cannot tell you how many times I've just shared a random story that took me 15 seconds and someone Instagrammed me or messaged me and they were like, I'd never heard of ERP before. What is that? And then they suddenly get into this treatment or find this therapist and like their life has changed forever because of one little thing that we shared on social media. So I do agree with you wholeheartedly. I feel like social media can be really effective in getting those messages out there. And even like you said, even just reposting something, I think that's a great, a great start. 
So after talking kind of about your like advocacy, I think that you have a lot of great suggestions to share and obviously you're really into the advocacy work. Can you think of anything else that you think is important for listeners to know whether they are listening and they have OCD, whether they're listening and they have a loved one with OCD, what are you thinking would be important for our listeners to know? I think the number one thing is that there is a really big and growing community of people who have OCD, their loved ones, and um, even their providers. I feel like I don't know much about providers in other spaces, but OCD providers seem to be some of the most passionate people about the community that they serve. Like, we're really all in it together, I feel like. Um, so there's just so many, if you start searching things online, like OCD advocacy, OCD awareness, there are so many resources out there and you're not alone. And it, those, that community is only getting bigger all the time. So that's the biggest thing. I don't want anyone who hears this and is touched by OCD in some way in their life to think that they're the only one. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you're right. There's something like really, really special. I'm part of a couple Facebook community groups about, you know, for ERP specialists or OCD specialists. And like, we're pretty unique people <laughs> Like to love. We love this treatment. I don't think there's any ERP provider out there who's like half in. <laughs> like, I don't think you can be. It. I really don't think you can be half in because it's like, it's got to be difficult to watch people be in so much distress, but then so rewarding once they get to the other side of it. And yeah, I, like my friends and I who have OCD, we always joke, like it takes a special kind of person to be an OCD therapist. Yeah. And, and not, I mean, there's the witnessing of that. And I, <clears throat> I laugh, like, I, I feel like my number one job as a therapist is almost like being a business person. Like I have to sell people who are terrified of these things to basically do their worst fears every single day repeatedly for a prolonged period of time i somehow have the task of making that seem <laughs> awesome yeah <laughs> um but somehow i mean it that's how it works and we're really passionate about it so i think this is uh, like our conversation right now is a testament to how good it feels to overcome those things. Like I've certainly overcome those things using ERP methods before. Obviously you have too. And me seeing it on a daily basis with so many clients, I mean, it's the most rewarding thing in the world. So if anyone out there is listening, ERP is amazing. It's the gold standard treatment for OCD and anxiety. Um, yeah. And it's, it's incredible. So speaking of ERP, last question, I always end with this. Um, I feel really, this, this question is actually kind of the inspiration for my whole platform. Um, I had a client I was working with at one time ask me, they were really confused. Like if I could choose to be comfortable and do easy things all the time, why would I not choose to do that? And I remember very clearly like where this person was sitting in my office. We had a great relationship. This person was wonderful to work with but they were truly confused. Like they did not understand why would I actively try to do these challenging things when I have the option to not and be comfortable. So I'm especially intrigued as someone, like I, I don't really get to ask this question of someone who's been in the treatment before. So with that said, why do you think it's important to do and go through hard things? 
It's interesting because I think a couple months ago, I had the same exact arguments with people that the person you're describing had where it was like, if I could be comfortable, why would I do this? Why would I put myself through this? And the answer for me has always been that all of the extraordinary things in life really are on the other side of fear. Like comfort is not it's not everything like it feels really important but you can't reach new levels and have new experiences and feel like extreme amounts of joy if you can't push through what's uncomfortable so it's just life is just much richer when you have the variety of the uncomfortable and the comfortable like i love the comfortable i have to <laughs> it's, it feels good but Getting past the uncomfortable also feels really good. And if you try to stick with only what's comfortable, at least if you have OCD, your world gets very small and then everything makes you uncomfortable. So that's the other thing. Uh, it's important to do hard things so that your comfort zone grows instead of shrinks because I don't think it just stays the same. It's constantly moving. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because my approach, I think my response to this person was like, like you said, you know, you miss out on the corrective experiences. You miss out on all these opportunities. Nothing good is going to come from you just continuing to isolate in your home and give into your rituals all the time. But you're so right. Like, especially when it comes to OCD and anxiety, those things generalize. This is all about learning and associations. And it's not like if you continue to live your life this way, like that's the worst it's going to get, right? Like it's mm -hmm. going to continue to get worse. Um, so like you said, your world can become very, very small. It can become very, very debilitated and it's just absolutely awful. Um, so why don't, let's end on a positive note before I um, kind of tell the listeners where to find you, where to find you more. Talk to me about after having gone through the therapy, after having gone through this pandemic, where are you at right now in your recovery? Yeah. So Right now, I think my recovery, surprisingly, I feel like it crept up on me almost. Like I was trying to put in work and I understand why it wasn't working. And all of a sudden now I feel like looking back, I see how far I've actually come in embracing uncertainty and it only makes me more motivated to do more. So me personally, I have more work I want to do. I definitely want to get back into treatment and get some more guided help on different like aspects of my life because I've got the business going but OCD touches so many parts of your life so there's definitely a lot of room for growth but I feel good like I feel more than functional I feel capable and I wouldn't have said that a couple months ago so mm -hmm. I think that's important for people to hear too it changes it can change fast if you once you're in the right place doing the right stuff mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome and it seems like you know, obviously we don't know everything. Um, we've only been doing this for, you know, 40 minutes and obviously we've had our own conversations, but it seems like you have awesome insight and that you're really dedicated to your recovery. And I think that that's truly half the battle is having the insight to know the inner workings of the OCD and how to kind of fight back. And also, you know, wanting your values to overcome all those things, like setting those boundaries with fear and making sure that your values win as much as possible. So Congratulations to you and, and coming so far and all the work that you do. Thank you so much. Let's finish up by making sure our listeners know where to find you. Tell them about more about your services. I know you provide international shipping. Um, let's talk. Yeah, just tell our listeners more about how they can find you, where they can find your merchandise and, and keep learning about you and what you have to offer. 
Absolutely. So uh, our shop is based in Etsy. So you could go to Etsy itself and type in the octopus. So the space O-C-D-O-P-U-S. And that should bring you to the shop. Uh, we have the same handle on Instagram and Facebook. So T-H-E-O-C-D-O-P-U-S. Uh, if you wanted to look there and that also links you to the shop. So if you're not familiar with Etsy, you could just go through social media and that might be simpler. We're also on TikTok. Before I had the shop, I was very, I was bigger on OCD TikTok. That's kind of where my platform first was with advocacy. So that's fine. And not necessarily just about merchandise. If you want to check us out there. Um, yeah, we do international shipping. Uh, we've shipped to the UK. I've shipped to Finland and if you have any needs, like you need to get something fast, just let me know and I can work on it and get that through. Um, and I love the idea of collaborating. If you have an OCD project of your own or even just a mental health project of your own, I don't believe in only focusing on OCD. It's obviously my, like what I'm drawn to the most, but mental health in general, we need to all lift each other up together. We can't leave like one disorder behind. Um, so if you have any ideas of your own and you wanted to collaborate, my inbox is always open if you wanted to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. I am so excited just, you know, personally and also as a therapist, I, I'm excited in different ways to see how you progress and to be alongside you. I know we talk kind of often um, on Instagram. So thank you so much for taking the time and for all the advocacy work that you do. I'm sure you have touched in you know, educated so many people and I'm sure that so many lives have been positively affected by the work that you do and the work that you continue to do. So thank you so, so much. And for those of you who want to see more from Elise and want to check out the shop, um, I will definitely make sure to put the contact information and put the tags and everything in my show notes. So just head to the show notes and you'll find more of her there. So thank you again so much. It was really good chatting with you. Thank you for having me. It was great. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.